Hey, Assembly family. Thank you so much for being a part of the Assembly through our podcast. Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else, we are so glad to have you as a part of the Assembly family. If this message from the Assembly blesses you, please take a moment, take a screenshot, share it to your social stories on Facebook and Instagram. Again, we are so excited to have you as a part of the Assembly family. We hope that this message from the Assembly blesses and encourages you. change that to the NIV if you've got it up above or everyone can follow Uh, the words are very similar hallelujah glory be to God try to keep myself calm because there's a fire happening I don't know if any one of you all of you are feeling the fire There's there's a smoldering fire that the Holy Spirit is stirring within us And it's a fire, I believe, primarily for deliverance of others. That in this season, one of your main responsibilities will be to release the glory of God in you into others. And part of that responsibility will come through boldness. I call it cautious boldness. Not abrasive, not aggressive, but cautious, passionate boldness. So that when you hear about an issue, you will not think twice to first of all say, can I pray for it? Second, to speak faith into the person that you're praying for and saying, I know what I've seen God do and I'm telling you, Look me in the eye. If you just trust me to believe the same way I believe, God will do something in this situation. This is a season where your boldness will be the catalyst for your breakthrough. This is a season when your boldness, you're looking online, you're watching me, you're a believer, you have been a Christian for a while, But for some reason, boldness has been absent from your life. One of the things that the adversary has done is is created this lie, this falsehood, that when you're bold, you're being abrasive. That if you attempt to be bold as a Christian, you are tantamount to the guy standing at the street corner saying, repent or you'll go to hell. That's a lie. God has a supernatural boldness that comes with power that he has now released to you and I that we can tap into in this season that will allow you to say like Peter and John, silver and gold I don't have. I am really sorry. I'm tapped out right now. I only have my credit card with me. I have no cash. I can't take you for a ride or drop you off anywhere because I'm on my way to an appointment. But this is what I can do. I will pray over you. Let's step to the side. And I'm telling you, 
if I ever run into you again, I want to know what happened. Because I'm guaranteeing you that something will happen. Why, why, why are we becoming that bold? Because the adversary's time is becoming shorter. And as his time gets shorter, he is becoming more aggressive. As he becomes aggressive and obnoxious, you have to be bold and cautious. As he becomes obnoxiously just words cannot explain. You have to be able to stand your position without fear in your person and say, I hear your facts, but let me tell you what the truth is about the God that I have experienced. Genesis chapter 22, read with me. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Or as he called Abraham, Abraham says, here am I. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. I want you to put a line there because there is a reason God is saying, I want you to take your son, your only son, that you love. We will get to the reason in a moment. Isaac. And go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Verse 3, early in the morning Abraham got up, loaded his donkeys, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac, and when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkeys. While I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Can I say, when you go in with worship, you can come out with worship. When you go in with worship, you can come out with victory. When you go in with worship, you're going to come out with strength. If you go in without worship, if you go in without praise, if you go in without that press, for God, you are above everything in my life, you can come out empty. That's why the apostle says, in everything, give thanks. Why? Because he understands that it's the basis for what comes out with you from that place of testing. Let's move on. Nabram took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son.
and he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, I want you to underline that too. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up. Isaac spoke up. It's saying that to, to tell you something. What it is saying is that there was not much conversation, if any at all. They were walking towards where God told them to go, and Abraham was saying nothing. And his son speaks up. As the two of them were walking, Isaac said, uh, spoke up and said to his father Abraham, his father, Abraham, father, yes, my son. Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you're, you fear God because you have not withheld from, my, from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw the ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called this place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. If I could give our my sharing this morning a topic, it will be in keeping with what we've talked about over the last several weeks, and that is <clears throat> this season has breakthrough in it. We said this is your hatching season, but, but I'm talking now about going through something that you don't even know is related to breakthrough. That you have gone through something for so long or you are just doing it because God said to do it, or because someone you trust that is a believer said to obey, you're just kind of going through the paces and you've lost a little bit of expectation. Faith is diminished even though obedience is still active. How many of you have gone that happened? You, 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 you believe enough to do, but it's been so long that... that, that you, you have gotten to a place where you, you literally decided, you know what, even if it doesn't happen, fine. I'm going to still obey God. Can I tell you that if you get there, I'm hoping that you would. I'm hoping that each of us get 
to that place at some point in some situation where, where you literally are obeying just for obedience sake. Because that's exactly when breakthrough happens in a major way. Where you just say, Lord, it don't look, it does not look that what I'm asking for is going to happen. But I trust you enough to obey. I trust you enough based on what you did for me before to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep my attitude in check. I'm going to speak the right words. I'm going to just go through the paces because it's you. And if you are that person today, the statement is for you. This season has breakthrough in it. Look at someone and tell them, this season has breakthrough in it. This season has breakthrough in it. Not because of what I see. Not because of, of how things look. Not because uh, I, I got a feeling or, or the, cha the seasons of my life are transitioning. But just because I've made a decision. For God I live, for God I die. The lions can eat me. The fire can burn me. I'm not leaving. I'm not changing. I'm not giving up. If you get there, you are in the absolute best place that you could have been. The first statement I'd like to make about this story is that only a made-up heart will make it in this kind of season. Only a made-up heart. Why am I saying a made-up heart? Because a made-up mind can change. Have you run into anyone recently or at some time ago where they made a promise like this? I'm telling you, will you be there? Yes, yeah. Listen, I'm going to be there. I, I, we used to make a joke about this when I was younger. I'm, I'm going to show up. You can depend on me. I promise you I will be there. And then really quietly, under your breath, you say, unless something happens. Has that happened to anyone? Have you said that? That's because it's a mind decision. I know the word of God says that you should renew your mind. And the reason the word says renew your mind is because your mind tends to waffle. Your mind tends to say yesterday, and then two hours later, it says no. Yes, God, you are absolutely right. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. That message got me going. I'm going to do great things for God. And then you walk out of church, and the guy cuts you off, and the light and the words, all the X's and O's start coming out of your mouth. And we excuse ourselves by saying, it's just me in the car. Now we're insulting God. Because we forgot that he was right there too. 
God does not just want to lead you. God wants to lead through you. And whenever the change is only in your mind, when you obey, you allow him to lead you. And that's commendable as a young believer. But I have a sneaky feeling. It's just been bubbling in me. I believe, brother and sister Taylor, will know a lot of what I'm talking about because they've been in the race for a long time. And the closer they get to the end of physical life, the more they find themselves pressing into God. Why? Because you become more excited about the end of the race the closer the finish line gets. God speaks to Abraham, right? I want you to understand that God already had a relationship with Abraham. Way back in Genesis 12, God goes to Abraham that is a follower and a worshiper of the Chaldean moon god was not his family, his father and mother worshipped idols. God picks him out and said, I want a relationship with you. I don't know what the criteria, what went through his mind, but he said yes to God. And God said, leave your family, leave your country, leave all of this stuff and follow me to a place that I'm going to show you. Didn't even tell him where it was. So there was a relationship. What I am learning now is that just because you obey doesn't mean your heart is sold out. There are a whole lot of people that give money to the church and if you put what they're giving alongside what you're giving, just on face value, it looks like they love God more than you do. But when God looks at the heart, he sees you giving your $50 with worship and excitement coming out of your heart. Not the smile on your face, but your heart. Then he glances over to them and he sees them giving their $200 with animosity and questions. I wonder what they're going to do with this money. You know they got all these camps and robbers out of church. I don't know if I believe in tithing anyway. I've been hearing so much. Is God does God really need my money? I, you know what? I it's only because of my good name I'm, I'm doing this. And when God sees that, what he notices is that we've got beautiful action based on just how things are perceived, how the people's minds are working over here with no attention to the heart. Then we looked over here and God sees a heart that is literally giving because the heart is sold out. 
It's what I'm talking about this morning. That if this season right here that you did not realize was the breakthrough season for you, if you now understand that God does not just want to lead you, he wants to lead through you. When God called Abraham, he led him out, away from his parents and family. When God deals with him here, God is attempting to set up a perennial kingdom of people like sand on the earth is what God told him. That will be a life mark on the earth. This was God testing the heart. Let me put it in a different way. God wants not only to control your actions, but God needs to test your heart. Let me tell you, there aren't many people, many Christians, many believers that are in that place. Because the world right now is inundated with churchgoers, with religious folk. And there's so many of us that don't understand that God is jealous for a relationship. We have not been hearing it enough from the pulpit that quite often we just believe it's in the action, just in the action. Yes, faith without works is dead, but God doesn't look at just faith and work. He looks at heart. You can say how much you believe. You can literally do the work. And quite often, you can convince all the people some of the time. And some of the people all of the time. But never God any time. Number two. Right, this is under... And I'm slowing a lot today because I just want us to get this. This is a serious period when if you are going to emerge with the power of God permeating your being and stepping out in faith and seeing things happen, I'm telling you, I am telling you, this stuff is coming out of my own experience of finding a place in God recently where I am pressed to see God's word as a promise. I've seen my own mom and dad walk here and wonder at times, what are they really doing? Does it take all that? Have you heard that before? But then I'm now emerging at a place where I understand that there is a connection of the heart that God is looking for, we call it maturity, that cannot be bartered with. 
It's the heart or nothing. It's a place where God said, I wish that you would just get hot or you would be cold. But this kind of lukewarmish type of a, uh, you, you, we know each other too well for this. I, I'm, I'm done with this. I want the real thing with you. We've dated long enough. You know everything about me that you need to know. I've even written it down in this book. Here it is. Read it. Now I want your heart. And if you give me your heart, I'm going to give you more than you can ever ask or think or desire. I'm going to blow your mind. How many of us are ready for a mind blow from God? I'm ready for a mind blow. I am ready for a mind blow. I'm ready for a mind blow. That's where Abraham was. The second thing is that when God came to him and said, Abraham, let's look at how God addresses him. Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love. I want you to see the, 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 the contrast. On one side in chapter 12, he says, Abraham, I want you to come by yourself, leave with everything that you have and own personally, that you have accumulated by yourself and follow me. When he gets here, he said, I made you a promise. I kept the promise. And now, when you believe that your trust in me is at an all-time high because of what I gave you, I want to take it back. This is not about the action. This is about how will his heart respond. I gave it to you. You were worshiping me. You followed me away from your mom and dad and your family. I brought you through all of this stuff with your, with your cousin Lot. and I, You just saw me protect and watch over you. I told you I would give you a son. I waited until you almost 100 and I gave him to you. And now I want to take you higher. What does that mean? I want, I want that thing that I gave, it, gave you, I want it back. Now he's beginning to talk to Abraham's heart. Now he's beginning to address an area where Abraham can say, literally say, start fussing. How many of us, I know I have many times, when you have been given a blessing by God and something happens and it doesn't, it starts going, it starts going left. And the first thing we do, because I've done it, is we start to fuss with God. You told me I would get this, and you said I would this, and you gave me this, and, and we put out this whole, we don't just present it. God wants you to present it. No, we fuss with him. So it goes back to the attitude of the heart. He doesn't mind me saying, Father, just between you and me, I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't understand it. 
You gave me this car. You gave me this house. You gave me this relationship. You gave me these kids. And this is not, I, I don't see anything working right right now. What, 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 Lord, what are you doing? Please tell me. I need to know. I need to hear from you. That's different from, Lord, you need to fix this. How many times have we done that? If you gave me this and it your, was your will for me to have this, then I, then I expect you to fix it, Lord. And we have this attitude of God is our child and we are God's parent. And we do it quite often saying, here, here's the devil's trick, saying, I'm just standing in fate. Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? That we have put, we have put controlling demands on God and call it fate. I'm just believing and trusting that he would do what he said he would do. Well, here's the thing. It's not just about your action. It is about your attitude. It is about how you come. And at this level of breakthrough, for many of us, God is not going to accept anymore. You just come in because you know the word. He expects now that you come with the right attitude every time because now it's about your heart and it's about the relationship and it's about the jealousy that he has for you and he will not bargain with it. You know, I, now I'm beginning to understand this stuff because I couldn't grasp it. When I, I'd hear my mom say, you know, listen, I told God that if any one of you would come to a place of maturity, physical maturity, and reject him, I, I give him permission right now to take you back before you get to that place. And I said, that's a crazy prayer. Who would pray a prayer like that? You must not care about your children. But as I've grown older, I'm realizing that she began to understand the difference between obedience and relationship. And that God does not just want to work with me. He doesn't just want to lead me. He wants to lead through me. So that now I look at the history of my mama's life. I look at the history of my dad's life. And I see something that I could follow. Are you, are, you, are you ready today to stop living your Christian life just for your salvation? And to start living it for somebody else's redemption? Ooh. Are we ready to stop living our life just for our salvation? 
and now make a decision that you're going to follow God with a heart for somebody else's redemption. The second thing that happened that tells us that whether Abraham knew it or not, in this case he knew it because God had already promised him earlier that he would multiply his seed. He just had to stand in faith and release it all back to God. But I noticed something. When God gave him the instruction to take your son, excuse me, your only son, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain, and I will show you that I will show you. If that were you and I today, the way we flesh out sometimes, we'd have a three-month conversation with God. But in this case, something blows my mind, and I'm understanding, I'm beginning to understand what it is. It's the heart that's been sold out to God. As soon as God says that to him, in verse 3, he says, it says, early the next, uh, two weeks later, early next month, early seven days later after he prayed. Is, is that what it says? You mean he did not pray and fast about this? Are, are you saying that, that, that there was not a conversation between him and God about how come you blessed me with this, son, and you told me he would be the son of seed, multiplication, and you told me this. Explain some more to me. There is a place that God wants to take us to that will emerge you at the place of breakthrough that does not entertain a lot of discussion. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey. He took with him two servants and his son. If I can put that into a point, I'll say this. Quick response will give you clarity. When dealing with God, the longer you try to discuss, the more cloudy things get, Sister Jefferson. When you know in your spirit, this I'm not talking about you not knowing. You will know when God is speaking to you. This is not about not knowing whether it's God or the devil. I'm talking about when we know God is talking to us, but we want to talk back. Brother Taylor, you know about that. The years you've spent in ministry and tarrying in and believing God and trusting God, I know there have been times when you've had to push through this. The temptation to do what you've always done and get into a banter with God. And he's so loving, he's so kind, he's so, he's so fatherly that he will entertain us. He will allow us to do it. 
but make no bones about it. There is a breakthrough blessing. There is a supernatural release connected to the person that does not banter anymore. Quick release and precise action. Quick release and precise action will define your miraculous breakout. Quick response, sorry. Quick response and precise action. I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to go back and forth with God. And I'm going to do what he, he just said to do right away. For everyone that is listening to me, you're on the, you're, you're on the feed. You're listening to me. I am here this morning to call you up. I am here this morning to call you up. This is a, this, at the end of the message, I'm going to challenge the unbelievers to come taste and see. I've said before, it's like my mama's cooking. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much I tell you, her curry chicken is off the chain. It don't matter how many times I tell you, her Guyanese cookup is unbelievable. I could eat it in front of you and lick my lips all shiny and everything. But until the day I offer some to you, all you have is information. So I'm going to, at the end of the service, invite you to taste and see. Because I'm, I'm giving information, but information is not enough. At some point, you're going to have to trust me. And I'm begging you to do that. And taste and see that God is good. Now, as you listen, I'm going to address folks that are already saved. Continue to address those. That at this place, this place where you are believing God for miraculous breakout. Is there anybody in the house right now you are willing to wave your hand and let me know like I am trusting God for miraculous breakout. Crazy breakthrough. Unbelievable stuff that nobody understands. Your family don't understand. You don't understand. Your kids don't understand. Why am I doing this? Why am I sowing seed like this? Why am I so accountable to God? Why? Why, why, why? Because you have that feeling that God is about to explode in your life with a miraculous breakout. I got a miraculous breakout coming. You feel it. You feel it in your soul. You don't see anything that you can talk about. You don't have proof yet. But, but all you got is what's inside your heart. You got to stay there. You got to hold it. You got to protect it. How you do that? What's that? What we talked about? Your worship basket. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. I don't care if things get bad. I don't care if there's not enough money. I don't care what's happening. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to give thanks because my God delights. He, he delights. He lives in my worship. 
If I want him close to me, Joy, if I want him standing, if I want to feel him in my life, I got to stay in my worship. He responded quickly and he responded with precise action. He did not do anything God didn't tell him to do. Some of us have a history of trying to help God. We will do everything God tells us to do, brother, plus one. We will follow every bit of instruction given to us. And right at the end, for good measure, we add in one little thing. And we do not get it. We, we've lived our lives and we have not get it. That it's the one speck of level, leaven or yeast that's messing up the whole thing. Oh, I did everything. All I did. I've, I've, I've obeyed my husband. I could see. I could see Eve saying, "I've obeyed. I've listened. I, I, I've done everything right. I helped my husband do this and that. And that. All I did was just bite the skin off the apple. It wasn't even a big bite, and I don't. I didn't even get a good taste of it because because I really didn't bite it. I just got a just just a just just." A, And God says, who do you think this is? The bargain game? When I give instruction, it may be only one thing, but it's going to be clear. I, I expect precise action. I have gone to God many times, more so in the last several years. Three specifically to say, God, I apologize. Forgive me, Father, for obeying everything you said plus one. <laughs> for getting so close to doing exactly what you said, and then I had to throw in a little bit. It's even become a slang. That people use today, they said, you're, you're a little, uh, what do you call it? You're a little, not too much, you call it extra. She extra. When you hear that today, you know. They did what they're supposed to do, and just so everybody else could notice them, they extra. The extra might work in the world. But it don't hold a light to God. Because he is not interested in your extra. He's not interested in your plus one. What he wants is quick response. You don't have to. You don't have to. This is not a, a, a you know, I'm going to judge you because of it. This is for mature folk. Folk who are trying to get to the level of not just breakthrough, 
Breakthrough is I'm praying about something. I believe about something. I've been speaking something. I expect something. We're not talking about that. We're talking about miraculous breakthrough. That it didn't look right, didn't sound right, don't look like it's going to work out, but you kept believing, but you kept hoping, but you kept trusting, but you kept doing, but you kept your heart right, but you kept worshiping, but you kept giving praise. And you have convinced yourself that God's going to make a way somehow. Whew. Number three, a quiet spirit. You don't realize how quiet he was until you hear his son spoke up. You took for granted, I take for granted, I took for granted that, that this is a normal, listen, listen. Nothing about what God is trying to completely blow up in your life is going to be normal in this season. You are stepping into the abnormal. And you will not understand. You don't need to understand. He, he, he is quiet he, he hears from God and he begins to do what God says to do the very next day and he does it without discussing it with his best friend. He done it without telling his wife, Sarah. He done it without telling his son, the guy who he's going to sacrifice. There's some things God is trying to do with you that you need to keep quiet about. Some of us have built a life as Christians depending on others to validate us. I know, I know we have preached that confirmation should happen quite often. But I am beginning to believe from my own experience that that stuff needing constant confirmation also is connected to immaturity. I, I used to get, I mean, back to my mama. I'd hear everybody talking about confirmation, confirmation. But the thing is, my mom had 11 of us. She had no time to be calling this one to pray for her. She's the pastor's wife. She ain't had much time to be going out with the other sisters and talking about what's going on and, and getting bounced back and feedback. She's got 11 kids. And I always wondered, where do you get your... Your, your confirmation from. You know, because we all need confirmation. No, you don't. You need God. I don't need constant confirmation. I don't need constant affirmation. What I need is God. 
speaking to me. What I need is the Holy Spirit directing me from moment to moment to moment. That God has got my heart on lockdown. And I say, Father, I'm just letting you know if I'm going off course, you, you, it's up to you now. You, you better correct it. Put something there to, 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 to move me off back on track because I'm going there. And even worse, as you get, I elevate into ministry, the, the number of people that I could be talking to and asking them for advice is becoming smaller and smaller. So it has now pushed me clearly into the same place my mom spent a lot of her life in and my father. Where I, I say, God, if you don't come through. So number three, a quiet spirit, a quiet spirit, a quiet spirit will give you clarity. At this season when you are, you are expecting miraculous breakout, a quiet spirit do not blab. The margin for error has become smaller. What God allowed in Joseph's time doesn't mean he has to allow in your time. I know we have the story of Joseph getting the dream from God and what he did. Call his brothers together and start a blabbing. Well, I got a dream about all these wheat piles. And would you all know, all of y'all were bowing to me. Come on, guys. Once again, you were approaching the place of miraculous breakout. A place where you don't even know Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, it has not entered into anybody's consciousness what God is about to do for you. And you got to, you've got to feel it. The wave is coming, 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 the wave is coming. I feel it, I don't know how it's coming, I don't know where, but I know it's coming, I know it's coming, I know it's coming. And while approaching that, you're going to have to have, I'm closing it down right now. A quiet spirit will give you clarity and keep it between you and God. Keeping it between you and God, you say that properly, a quiet spirit will give you clarity. What do I mean? It forces Holy Spirit to talk. Actually, that's wrong. It tunes your ear to hear better. Because God is always speaking. He never stops. Do we understand that? God is always speaking. We are the, one that's, we are the ones that stop hearing. He's always speaking. So a quiet spirit, like Abraham, will give you clarity. Because clarity comes from the Holy Spirit. And the quieter you are, the less people involved in your stuff, except for the, those that God directs you to, and he will do that, you need to just keep it between you and God for now. 
it will give you clarity. And keeping it between you and God gives you strength and resolve. A quiet spirit will give you clarity. Keep the mouth shut. And keeping it between you and God will, will strengthen you and give you resolve. Thank you, Jesus. If you're listening to us online this morning, I'm making... that invitation to you. You need to, you need to feel the God. You need to experience the God that I am talking about. If you're in the auditorium this morning and you don't have a deep relationship with God, I'm here. I'm almost begging you. It's not enough for me to tell you about how good God is. It's not enough for me to tell you about my mama's cooking. You're going to have to taste. You're going to have to trust me. You will have to taste and see how good he is. Before we even stand, would you repeat this prayer for me? You're online with us. You're sitting in the auditorium. And you know, you know God is, is tugging at your heart if you're unsaved. You know that if you're saved, that you feel the wave coming. And this is your breakout season. It's here. It's, it's right around the corner. You don't know what to do. I'm, I've just given you part of the, of the framework to walk in. Pray with me. Say after me, dear Father, I come to you. Everyone, everyone, pray this prayer. I come to you not knowing anything I need you to reveal yourself to me I need you to show me step by step moment by moment what to do and how to do if there's Sin in me, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Purge me. Let your blood cover me so that I can walk in new life, in great life, in breakthrough life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thanks again for joining us for this message from the Assembly. We're so glad to have you as a part of the Assembly family. If you would like to sow a seed into the ministry of the Assembly, you can do so by going to theassemblyflorence.org and clicking on the Give Now button in the top right-hand corner if you're on a desktop or laptop. If you're on a mobile device, click the plus sign in the top right corner to bring up the menu and then click Give Now. You can also give by texting the number 88729-2238 with a message that says SC Assembly Give, all one word. Then you'll receive instructions on how to give. You can also mail check or money order to The Assembly 2925 West Palmetto Street. Florence, South Carolina, 
29501. Thanks again for joining us for this message from the Assembly.